Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We know you're busy. Bills to pay, mouths to feed, and the man needs another favor. So just in case you missed what happened on the fan today, we got your back. And even if you did hear it live, you probably need to hear it again. Here you go, all in one place and in just one hour. The best of the best from today on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is Instant Replay. Play, play. He's got Matt Miller of ESPN, the NFL draft analyst and insider in town for the NFL Combine. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Give me the most interesting aspect as we enter now full-fledged NFL Combine 2024. Where's the top story? I, I think it's that the top three quarterbacks are not working out here in Indy. Uh, you know, we get used to not seeing players work out, right? Last year, Bryce Young doesn't work out. But – C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson last year do work out, and it helps their draft stock. I would say tremendously. You know, for C.J. Stroud, solidify yourself. You're drafted number two overall. You make the Houston Texans fall in love with you. Anthony Richardson, as you guys know well, have a, a historic workout. You drafted in the top five by the Indianapolis Colts, and now we get a year later, and no one wants to work out. So I, I think it's it's interesting that these, you know, where we're at. I think the quarterbacks feel like they have. Uh, you know, leverage because of how many teams need them. But uh, I was really hoping we'd get to see some of these guys throw for selfish reasons, but also for evaluation purposes. Hey, Matt, honestly, last year, C.J. Stroud had me at ball placement specialist. That may have been the most important aspect of the entire week here for him. Ball placement specialist, which, as a rookie in Houston, that's how it turned out. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it goes back to maybe I'm old school, but I, I love people who want to compete, you know, who wants to, you know, I, it's like the Julio Jones thing. It's like, oh, I'm not going to run. My agent says not to run. And then, you know, you, you get out here and you see everybody else running and you're like, wait a second, like I can do that. You know, I, I'm, I'm better than that. I, I still love that element of it because football is a competitive game. It's a competitive sport. So um, and again, I go back to last year. All the all the, the conversation leading up to the combine was, oh uh, well, you know, CJ Stroud is he the third quarterback? Is he the fourth quarterback? And he said, nope, um, maybe the first quarterback. And I think we can look now and say maybe he should have been the first quarterback. So um, those are definitely big opportunities for players to help themselves. He's got Matt Miller of ESPN, the NFL draft analyst and insider in town for the NFL Combine. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So who out of the quarterbacks are talking about not working out? Who is this likely to hurt the most? I don't think it will hurt Caleb Williams. I think he's, you know, he's the guy where it's like, okay, you kind of understand that one uh, because he is solidified. I think Drake May, I don't want to say it's going to hurt Drake May, but it's, it's a missed opportunity at least um, to come in here and have that CJ Stroud moment to say, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not backing down from anything. I'm going to throw, I'm ready. And especially for Drake uh, as a two year starter, there's not as much tape on him as there is a guy like Jaden Daniels. And as a, you know, a junior entrant this year, he opted not to go to an all-star game like the Shrine game or senior bowl. So it's just, you know, a limited amount of information out there about him right now. Um, and so I think this would have been uh, a good opportunity for him to make a team fall in love with him, whether that's in the top three or, or top two or, top five but uh, I do think this was a, a could have been a good week for him do you have any concerns regarding Caleb Williams 
Uh, I mean, I think with every player you have concerns. You know, there's some fumbles. I think he had eight this year that pop up on on tape. Um, you know, he played he played some hero ball this year because they were so bad. I, I ran the numbers, and there he lost ten games in college, and those ten losses, his defense was at forty point eight points. So I think at times he was trying to do too much, but. Take away the Notre Dame game. He threw two interceptions all year. You know, like he, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's creative. He's got great arm strength. He's got great mobility. So, you know, there's no perfect prospect, but he is he's one of the better quarterbacks I've ever seen. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is not working out as well, and he has taken certainly a different tact. How do you view him compared to, you know, what the quarterbacks are doing and then Marvin Harrison Jr. saying, hey, um, this is who I am. I'm going to work out. I'm just worried about, you know, me translating to the NFL level. Do you like the path in which he's taking? I like the I like the message, you know, of I'm trying to get ready to be an NFL wide receiver. And I, I think he is is a unique player, you know, the quarterbacks, you want to see that competitiveness and you want to see it's really important to watch a quarterback throw in person. For a wide receiver, it's not as important for me to watch you run in a straight line in person. I can get the GPS numbers. I can get the 40, the hand-timed 40 numbers from a junior pro day. And I think the film is, you can see it all for a wide receiver on film. So I don't think it's an apples-to-apples comparison for him to the quarterbacks. But I, I love the messaging of, you know, I don't even know if he'll work out at his pro day. He's just saying, I'm trying to get ready to be an NFL player, not a track athlete. And I, I think you kind of have to respect that. If you know, if if Drake May came out and said, "Hey, I'm I'm cramming playbooks. I'm worried about cleaning up my footwork. I'm not worried about these you know ridiculous seventy yard throws off a rollout that I'll never do in the NFL." If if that's your messaging, I think we we would all respect that a lot. Of okay, man, this guy's trying to get ready to play ball. He's not trying to to get ready to run fast in a straight line. It's a Matt Miller of ESPN at NFL Draft Scout on the social media platform X. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline live from the NFL Combine. So where is Marvin Harrison Jr. compared to the other top-tier wide receivers in this draft? Uh, he's he's clearly the the best. And I'm a big Malik Neighbors fan. I'm a big fan of Roma Dunze. They're they're both tremendous players, but Marvin Harrison Jr. is special. You know, I mean, you guys got a front row seat to the, the fantastic play of his dad. He's two inches taller and like twenty pounds heavier. So it's it's wild. I, you know, I think you can look at AJ Green, but he's faster. You can look at Larry Fitzgerald, but he's faster. And so those guys with their great body control and their fantastic hands and that just silky smooth route running ability. He's got all that, but he's still running away from dudes because he, he you know, he's like a four high four three, low four four type player. So he's really, really special all around prospect. And you know, if it weren't for Caleb Williams, we would be saying, hey, this is the number one player in this draft. Where is he going to likely go, in your opinion, in the draft? I, yeah, I think three or four overall. Um, three, the Patriots could draft him or they could trade out. Um, I think the Arizona Cardinals would love to have someone that expands Kyler Murray's strike zone, you know? And when you've got the scramble drill going and you've got a shorter quarterback, if you've got, you know, number 18 who's 6'4", with a hand up behind the defense, that makes the quarterback's job pretty easy. Here's Matt Miller. All right. Should I start this campaign here? You, you kind of got the ball rolling a little bit. Obviously, 
Marvin Harrison, his dad, played here. Um, Chris Ballard has always been uh, with drafts. He's he's liked to uh, get those value picks. He's traded back a lot. However, you've got Anthony Richardson, who's going to have to reboot a rookie season. You've got uh, certainly an offensive orientated kind of head coach, not even kind of, with Shane Steichen here. That's that's what you're looking at. So, could I start a campaign of, by all means necessary, the Colts moving up to have the capability of drafting Marvin Harrison Jr.? Or is that just so outrageous, outlandishly ridiculous, I should not bring it up? It's fun to think about. I, I think it's just the cost. You know, uh, is, a, is any wide receiver ever worth the cost of moving from 15 to 3? And then on the other side of it, you know, does, would New England even be willing to go back that far? Would Arizona be willing to go back that far? You almost have to, like, piecemeal your way up. You know, yeah. you almost have to, like, trade to nine. And, and, you know, then you're trying to go from nine to three or nine to four to where it's not as expensive to do. And also to where the team on the other end of it is even willing to have that conversation because it is a really rich draft at the top. And so those teams that are, you know, they won four games last year, the Patriots and the Cardinals did. Those teams at the top aren't going to want to move back a huge amount because these are bad rosters and they need that premium player. So uh, it's fun to think about. I'm with you. It'd be awesome to have him there with Anthony Richardson and hopefully with Michael Pittman back and Josh Downs, but uh, unfortunately, I think it's a little unrealistic. Well, and Matt, you're, you're right about that, too. The Colts drafted 15 as of right now, as, as I mentioned, too, and they've got a myriad of positions where they need an upgrade in talent, and and I would agree that wide receiver certainly is still one. I'm assuming that, that Michael Pittman Jr. comes back in some capacity either with an extension or with a franchise tag before that deadline hits. That's the expectation, but they need somebody else who might be available at that position at 15 that they could take advantage of. Oh, my goodness. Brian Thomas Jr. I think this is where the, the start of his range is. So I know you love Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes. Here's your like SEC version. Six foot four, 205 pound former basketball player. Caught 17 touchdown passes this past year. Similar guy. Like he's going to run past people. Um, he has a speed element to his game that Michael Pittman doesn't have, and but does have that size element. So he's a really exciting playmaker um, where I, I do think somewhere around 15 is, is probably where he comes off the board. Brock Bowers at tight end. Where would he be? And for a team that also needs a playmaking tight end in the Colts, would 15 be in that general vicinity? I think that's where he probably goes. You know, if if you ask me to list the five best players, five best football players in this draft, Brock Bowers is on my list. If you ask me to list the best football prospects that's a little bit harder because he's he's not the biggest guy i i cannot wait to see the height weight on him because i, I think it might surprise the people that he's he's probably not going to be you know six three two fifty like he was listed as i think there's a chance he's, he's shorter and lighter than that so uh, also there's the element of the tight end position not being super valued by nfl teams there's a, a poor track record of, of success from first round tight ends uh, especially with their original team so i, I love the way brock Black Bowers plays football. I mean, gosh, he did everything for Georgia. Everything. You know, runner, catcher, blocker. So he's the type of player that just makes your football team better. He's doing it at a position that has been a little bit devalued. So I think that's what makes him such a unique conversation. Will lighter and shorter become a little bit more of a skeptical point from teams around the NFL and their evaluation of him? I think so. I do because you know you worry about where's he where does he come out as a blocker? Does he max out as a blocker uh, because of the size? 
Um, can you move him outside, which is some of the, like, if you're going to draft a tight end early, it's Kyle Pitts or Dalton Kincaid, guys that you can move outside uh, with him because of the size deficiency. Are you going to be able to do that? So it, it absolutely could be a spot that, that gets him pushed down just because, you know, would you rather have the 6'4", 200-pound Brian Thomas or the 6'2", 230 Brock Bowers, you know, that you start to run into that a little bit. And this is where we do overthink things in the NFL draft sometimes because you forget, hey, on Saturday, this guy was unstoppable. You know, you, we overlook that for, well, he's a little bit smaller than we wanted or he's a little bit slower than we wanted. And, and that's how that's, that is how teams miss sometimes. It's the NFL Combine Wednesday here on Andy Matt Miller of ESPN, their NFL draft analyst on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. All right, here's another position the Colts are in need. I don't know how robust this is in the first round, but who are you talking about who might be there in terms of the cornerback position? Yeah, so I like this corner class. There's, you know, Tyrion Arnold from Alabama, I think, is deserving of being a top 10 pick. Not sure that he will be because of all the quarterbacks and wide receivers who are going to get drafted. But Tyrion Arnold is fantastic. If he's there at 15, uh, you know, you send that pick in as soon as you're on the clock. Don't You can spend one second of your 10 minutes if he's there. I think he's that good of a player. After him, you get into guys like Ennis Rakestraw from Missouri, really, really good player. Uh, Nate Wiggins from Clemson, who's a, a really, really good athlete. Uh, he's 6'2", 195 pounds. He's probably going to run in the 4'2 range. Um, so that's certainly exciting. Cooley McKinstry from Alabama, a really good playmaker throughout his career. Quinion Mitchell from Toledo is, is probably the name that you're going to hear a lot this week because he has started that climb. A fantastic senior bowl week started the process for him. I think he's going to test really well here. And to the point that, you know, we're going to talk about a Toledo corner being drafted ahead of Georgia guys, Alabama guys, Clemson guys, Ohio State guys, just because the the type of play that he brings to the line of scrimmage and the speed to run down the field is really special. All right, Matt, what about the edge rushing position? Anybody stand out? Yeah, a lot of guys. Dallas Turner from Alabama uh, should be a top 15 pick. Leatu Latu from UCLA is an interesting prospect this week because medically he had to retire while at the University of Washington. Got cleared at UCLA, played two years. Health uh, was never a problem and, and was the most productive pass rusher in college football during that time. Uh, so he's definitely interesting. Jared Versa, Florida State, is your true 4-3 defensive end. You know, at 6'4", 260 pounds, he can play head up on the tackle. He can play in space. He's going to be really, really good against the run. Uh, and then Darius Robinson from Missouri is what we used to call a tweener. You know, six foot five, two hundred ninety pounds, can play inside, can play outside. Another player who had a, a dominant Senior Bowl week and really helped himself. So all those guys, I think, are, are top twenty picks as long as the health comes back good for for lot two. He is Matt Miller of ESPN talking NFL draft, NFL combine, and more on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We kind of skipped over him in the quarterback position, but he had uh, some years here in Indiana at IU and then obviously finished strong in Washington. How do you view Michael Penix Jr. at the NFL level? Yeah, I think what he did at Indiana is as important as what he did at Washington for his NFL draft evaluation. You know, four years here, they all ended with season-ending injury, and that's concerning, especially when you got two of those years are an ACL tear. That's going to have to get poked and prodded this week. I think that, for him, is bigger this week than anything he does on the field at Lucas Oil. It's how do teams feel about the knee? Um, where's that at long-term? You know, he uh, another guy, he was healthy the last years at Washington, was highly prolific, was the runner-up Heisman Trophy candidate this year. But uh, how do teams feel about the knee moving forward is really going to be big for him. But, you know, as far as just watching guys throw, he's a beautiful thrower. I think his workout is going to be really, really fun to watch because he, you know, when he's not pressured, 
he can he can put a football anywhere he wants. The, the problem comes when he's asked to move his feet, when he's asked to flip his hips. That's when some of the problems come in. He is a Matt Miller of ESPN at NFL Draft Scout. You can find him on the social media platform X. Live from the NFL Combine. Before I let you go, normally somebody completely jumps off the page and has an incredible workout. You talk about Anthony Richardson, that a year ago at the quarterback position. Give me some names that you're really looking forward to do their work here and who could be the star of stars during this 2024 NFL Combine. Yeah, I mentioned his name earlier, but I think Nate Wiggins, the corner from Clemson, has a he might be the fastest player here. And to do that at six foot two is is outstanding. You know, normally we don't see that from someone with his size and length to be as fast as he is. So he's that player where you watch the tape, it's a little uneven at times, but a, a press man corner who can move like that is really, really attractive to the team. So he's he's one of those guys that can have a huge week and jump up. Chop Robinson, the pass rusher from Penn State, one of the best names in the draft, also one of the best athletes at six three probably gonna be a little bit under 250 but he's gonna work out exceptionally well and i mean could solidify a first round grade for him with a big week here it's uh, matt miller in town for the nfl combine he's on the andy moore automotive group hotline so you get this indiana mixture of weather you get some 70 degree, degree days, and then uh, you get some storms, and then it goes down to the 30s. And then by the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be back up in the 70s. Welcome to Indiana I'm again. Missouri. So, yeah, I'm from Missouri. This is normal. I left home, it was 80 <laughs> degrees today, and, and my allergies are reminding me of it. So uh, I'm used to it. I've I've done live shots at the Combine in sleet and snow, and I, I've done it in warm weather. So it's it's part of the indie experience, and I'm excited for it. I go back to doing my shows on Radio Row when it was at Lucas Oil Stadium, and Radio Row was right there inside the, the, in the cap. Hallway. Yeah, yeah, right there in the, in the hall, hallway. And then I'd be done at about 6, and it, nobody would be there. And every time they opened up the door, the wind would just blow your papers everywhere and crap. So I go back when it was not the big deal than it is today so i've been coming since 2012 and and so it's it's been fascinating to watch it grow and change and you know five six seven hundred media members credential now it's it's a different world for sure man i appreciate you as always enjoy your time here in indy we'll do it again soon man it's the best of the best from today's broadcast lineup instant replay continues in a moment on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Instant Replay, earlier on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, let's jump into it. From the Athletic, Dane Brugler joins us. Uh, he's on set. Dane, we appreciate you hanging out with us, man. What's going on? How's everything going this week for you? Oh, it's a busy week, but I love Combine Week. It, it, a chance to come to Indianapolis and learn as much as we do about these players, and it, it's just a pivotal 
part of the process. And it just helps that it's in Indianapolis because, A, I can drive here. I, I, that, <laughs> I love that. Any chance I, have, I can drive instead of fly is, is plus in my book. But uh, this city is just so perfect for uh, this event and, you know, everything that goes on. And so it's love doing this every year. Uh, did you drive in this morning or was it last night? We had the uh, tornado alarms go off last night at 2 a.m. Did you hear any of those? Uh, yeah, and no, I've been here since Saturday. Okay. So it's, it's, I've been here for a while, but yeah, I, the, <laughs> I was not expecting that. I mean, obviously, I, I live in Ohio, so I'm used to sure. that kind of weather, yeah. but it was, what, 70 degrees yesterday? Oh, and that's then, great. Uh, this morning, I woke up, and it's 32, and uh, I couldn't sleep last night because I'm uh, worried about, uh, shoot, my car. Is it under a tree? Is it under, you know, like, it's like, jeez, what is going on? Sirens telling everyone to disperse from the bars. Yeah. It's time right. to call it a night, combine yeah. folk, and, and get started here. Uh, defensive players meeting the media earlier. Yeah. The edge rushers. Uh, Dane, I, I I can't get away from that position for the Colts at 15. Yeah. I, I just feel like a twitchy guy off the edge. I hear Chris Ballard likes those guys. Yeah. He certainly does. Um, and they have spent some high draft picks on those guys over in the Ballard era. Give me some names at 15 that fit kind of that mold of the speedy edge twitchy guy. Well, it'll be interesting to see which pass rushers are off the board at that point. And I think this is an interesting draft because it's offensive Will heavy. Will any of them be off the board? That, that That's a good question. I think offensive heavy the first 10 picks and then who's going to be that first defensive player drafted uh, it could be one of the corners it could be one of these pass rushers it could be Byron Murphy the defensive tackle from Texas uh, I think it's really going to be up in the air who that first defensive player drafted is and then at 15 uh, is Dallas Turner still there from Alabama um, you know Trop Robinson's really interesting he's going to test off the charts here uh, with that first step he's he, a lot of these guys you know Jared Verse from Florida State is a good example he's a very well-rounded pass rusher, easy to like him. He's going to be a day-one starter. Uh, but with a guy like Chop Robinson, he has that one trait that separates him, and it's that first-step quickness, that burst. It's different. It's very, very rare to find guys with that type of first-step burst. Uh, but is he good enough everywhere else you know, as a run defender? And you know, because you, you have to be a more well-rounded player. You can't just have that that first step. So these pass rushers, it's not like past years where we've had a Miles Garrett or the Boses and the top 10 guys, but there's still some quality pass rushers in the, the middle of the first round right when the Colts are picking, and you know that I could see why they'd be interested in, in Verse or Chop Robinson uh, or, or Dallas Turner. I think all three would make sense. He's Dan Brugler from The Athletic. Outstanding draft coverage. The Beast, we've talked about this before, all-encompassing. Uh, when is it coming out? And, and give us a rough estimate on how many pages this thing is going to be this year. Uh, it's 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 hard to even uh, describe the, the the number of you know the word count the page number all that it, it's hard it's, it stresses me out imagining you producing it I'll be honest it with you. stresses me out just well like he's about not gonna it. hit save on the word document well, or what <laughs> it's just I mean I can't even imagine putting all that work in I mean how many how many prospects did you do last year uh, I mean there were 400 reports and I mean well over almost 2,000 guys ranked uh, with all the pro day information all the data and this all is that great info yeah this oh, is yeah. not just yeah. you're just yeah. listing guys in here no. and it usually comes out when first week in april is always the goal because okay. i want to get all the pro day information in there sure. for march and i mean i need up until the day before i am adding stuff in there based off what i'm hearing and you know all that kind of stuff and you know every year we have 
35 guys that aren't here at the combine that get drafted. So trying to figure out who those guys are, um, you know, what's the late buzz from different teams. It's uh, it's it, it takes a full year to get that thing done. I uh, did want to make sure we share this. The Colts did now. Shane Steichen, unfortunately, a little under the weather, so they're actually going to postpone his media availability, which was supposed to be mm-hmm. today at 3:30. I assume that means he won't go on with JMV a yeah, little we'll bit see. later okay. today. So Chris Bauer's still at 1:30. Did want to make sure we snuck that in here. Again, Dane Brugler from the Athletic live here at the NFL Combine. Dan, you had a tweet earlier this week about multiple teams having Malik neighbors ahead Mm -hmm. of Marvin Harrison Jr. For us in Big Ten country, that seems wild. Like, why? Why are there multiple speed. teams? It's just yeah. pure speed. And, and Malik Neighbors, he, in most years, he's the easy wide receiver one. And, and it's not anything against Marvin Harrison Jr. It's just it's it's pure preference. And I, people have to remember that there's no such thing as consensus when we talk about draft and how each one of these teams feel. Quarterbacks are all over the place. Receivers are all over the place. Even as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. is, he is not the consensus wide receiver one for, for every team. And that speaks, again, more to Malik Neighbors and how good of a player he is he's still just 20 years old not even 21 yet and to see what he's done last two years this year he accounted for 34 plays with 20 plus yards nobody came close to that this year uh his you really see his seven on seven background because he can get open he can create with the ball in his hands uh if if malik neighbors ends up being the first non-quarterback drafted this year i don't think it'd be a surprise dane brugler with us uh here from the athletic uh lots of names we talked a lot uh, about the defensive linemen corners i mean you mm-hmm. look at a lot of my drafts i would say nine out of ten of them almost have the colts there at 15 taking a corner I, I, i'm a little i don't know i'm a little I, i'm in the gray area with that because they already have a lot of young guys mm-hmm. uh, in that room but you always need more corners um at corner how would you rate those guys that could be taken who could be left there for chris ballard at 15 Similar to pass rusher, I think there will be like three guys that would be if I'm the, I'm, I'm on my board that I'd be looking at that we'll see if they make it to 15. Terry and Arnold from Alabama, who you know I think Kool Aid McKinstry is the guy that had most of the pub. But when you watch Alabama tape, one of those two corners is the more athletic and the more competitive, and that's Terry and Arnold. Uh, I, I think that uh, Quinion Mitchell belongs in that conversation from Toledo, who he's six foot, 200 pounds, gonna run a four three, low four threes here at the combine. Mm-hmm. But I love when you watch his tape, you see a guy that there's no panic to his game, the way he plays. Uh, you, lo- you love the composure. Uh, you love the ball skills, elite ball skills. The last two years at Toledo had 46 passes defended. That's wow. an insane number. Uh, and then the third guy would uh, be Nate Wiggins from Clemson, who a little, you know, he's he's leaner than you want, and that's kind of the, what you worry about, just the physicality aspect. But he's really sudden. Uh, love the athlete. He's 6'2". He has length. So I, I think all three of these guys will appeal in some way to, uh, to the Colts and what they might be looking for. Okay, Dane Brugler is with us here, NFL draft analyst at The Athletic. The Beast is one of the greatest uh, <laughs> productions I've ever seen. It happens Thank each you. year from Dane. Uh, first week in April is a projection on that, so uh, your Athletic subscription covers it. So nope. uh, it is a great, great piece there. Dane, I want to get specific into the pass catcher position and guys after the catch. And yeah. I know I'm a little specific there with that ingredient, but I look at the Colts,
Colts, I think, boy, they've got a lot of power forwards in that wideout room. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they've got some big guys. Josh Downs, I think, is a nice slot player right. moving forward. Guys after the catch, wideout or tight end, what are some names we need to be looking for there? I mean, we have to have the Brock Bowers conversation, right? I mean, he's, to me, that is the most interesting fit uh, when you talk about the Colts and would they really go in that direction? I, Brock Bowers is just not your normal tight end. You know, he's just he's a hybrid. He's a guy that the, the Georgia offense, they built their entire game plan around the tight end. And it's he's versatile. He can line up in line, but you want him in the slot. You want He's, he's basically a receiver, uh, but he, he can line up wide. He can do that, no problem. Uh, he's going to be 6'2 and change, 235 pounds. He's going to run really well. He's got speed. Uh, his ability at the catch point is awesome. But then, uh, to your point, what he can do with the ball in his hands. He is the master of hidden yards. You know, it, uh, what is a normal seven-yard gain for, for most guys? He's getting 11 yards because he's so tough, so hard to bring down, and he, he finishes through uh, through the play. So I, Brock Bowers, if he's there at 15, would be a fascinating pick. And, and just you have to have a plan for him, you know, because, again, he's not just your uh, normal tight end. He's not a normal wide tight end. He's a hybrid. He's a flex guy. You know, you use him as a, as a joker who – can line up in line, but you line up in the backfield. You want line up in the slot, line up out wide. Steichen and the offensive staff, do they have a plan in place for a guy like that? If they do go more of a traditional wide receiver, then, you know, like a Malachi Corley in the second round makes sense. I mean, they call him the Yak King. So, uh, I mean, it kind of speaks to what he can do with the ball in his hands. There's a lot of Debo Samuel to what he does. Uh, I like the sound of that. A lot of screens, a lot of quick hitters, and let him go to town. He is he is jacked. I mean, he looks like a built running back. Uh, but before the catch, he's a receiver. After the catch, he really is a running back with the, the mentality that he runs with so I'm really interested with the Colts situation at receiver obviously you've got a young quarterback you want to get better in terms of the skill around him what is their plan you know do they really believe Alec Pierce is a true starter on the outside or they try to I I think you know look to upgrade on the outside maybe a Brian Thomas in the first round or a lot of the there's this is a really deep wide receiver I'm convinced the rest of our lives receiver is going to be a deep receiver or it's going to be a deep part of the draft it's just every year we see these guys uh all the talent available. So wait until the second round, draft uh, Adonai Mitchell or Keon Coleman, someone like that. Uh, I'm really interested to see how the Colts go about addressing the skilled players, uh, specifically the wide receivers and the pass catchers for their young quarterback. What do you believe is kind of the the truth around Caleb Williams going number one? And then, you know, the great thing for the Colts is we have to feel like at least four quarterbacks are mm-hmm. going to be taken. J.J. McCarthy is going before 15. You feel that way as well? I think he's going top 12. I do, yeah. There's so many teams that need a quarterback, and I think he's going to crush it here at the Combine, the intangible factor. I, fans roll their eyes when you talk about quarterback win-loss records, but every team that I've talked to when you talk about J.J. McCarthy, they always break 36-2 and two in high school with a state championship, 27-1 and one with a national championship at it's Michigan. That matters to teams, and so fans can roll their eyes all they want. But if it matters to teams, then it's relevant. And he's a guy that is – they didn't ask him to be uh, – you know, carry the offense and continually push the ball downfield. That doesn't mean he can't do it. He can't continue to develop. And so, yeah, there's a risk involved. But, you know, Anthony Richardson had under 400 career pass attempts sure. last year at this time. So, sure. you know, you're, you're taking risk with all these guys. And you look at the teams, the Falcons at eight, the uh, 
Vikings at 11, the Broncos at 12, Raiders at 13. They're just too many teams that are quarterback desperate. Because uh, I, I think we're going to see quarterbacks go 1, 2, 3 this year. Uh, really, I think we're going to see quarterbacks go 1, 2, 3. And we're going to see receivers go 4, 5, 6. I think there's a very good chance that's mm-hmm. how it plays out. Um, it's just a matter of who are, who's making those picks. Uh, I think the Bears go 1. Uh, c- commanders just stay at 2. What do the Patriots do? Do they right. stay at three? Do they love the third guy? Uh, or, you know, this is not a rookie quarterback team away, you know, away from competing if you're the Patriots. They love picks. They need picks. So wouldn't be surprised if we see the Falcons move up to three, the Raiders move up to three to get that third quarterback. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all shakes out. Again, Dane Brugler is with us here live at the NFL Combine, NFL Draft Analyst for The Athletic. I don't think I'm catching you off guard with this name because you mentioned this name. Uh, I was listening to Prospects to Pros, mm-hmm. a great podcast that um, you do, and you mentioned the name Tyrone Tracy as an intriguing guy yeah. that you like locally. He is certainly a name that rings a bell. Decatur Central is about, what, a handful of miles away from Lucas Oil Stadium uh, and obviously transferred from Iowa to Purdue. Right. So you like Tracy as kind of a day three type of running back option? Yeah, I do. He, You know, that receiver, running back blend, he's kind of a hybrid of both with the, what he can give you. And so he's got special teams background. When you're talking day three at that position, you're looking for a guy that can do the dirty work, can help you on special teams uh he can uh help you in so many different phases so he's he wears a lot of hats and i think he can do that i'm I'm eager to see how he tests here because i think he'll test pretty well and uh you know he might on the surface like you just look at the raw stats might might not jump out at you but you watch his film and you see a really talented player a guy that's an athlete who uh, again does a lot of different things with it whether it's lining up in the backfield, whether that's being more of a receiver, uh, playing special teams, all of that comes into effect and something that I think teams, coaches really really like and a guy that I think some teams will target on day three. Biggest um, non-medical Michael Penix related question for you is what? Um, I I don't know that there's anything here that he can – because I think he's got a good arm and he's going to show it off. Um, The the medicals do play a factor, obviously. The thing with him that – you want repeatable mechanics. You want uh, repeatable in terms of his anticipation over the middle of the field. That's where I feel like his tape – you didn't see that necessarily all the time. My thing with Michael Penix that I keep coming back to is – the mental toughness. When you look at quarterbacks that have made it and haven't made it, what's the common theme of the guys that have busted? Is they just didn't have that mental toughness to get through, uh, to, to survive all the mistakes. And I think Michael Penix, you look at the four season ending injuries. You know, you look at after he left Indiana, Washington was the only Power Five school that offered him. Um, like he's overcome so much adversity. The last three games against Oregon, they were the under, underdogs in every single game. Like he's overcome a lot. So I think that mental adversity is going to help him when he gets to the NFL. Because when you play quarterback in the NFL, mistakes are going to come. Inevitable. Do you have the mental toughness to brush him off and be better because of it? That's what, you know, you think like a guy like Jalen Hurts, uh, all the mistakes he made his first two years, he was better because of that. And he made it through the other side. A lot of quarterbacks can't do it. And, you know, they just don't have that in them. I, I do think that 
Penix has the right mental makeup and the wiring uh, that you want at the position. So that is why, even though I, I'm not, I don't love some of the stuff I see on tape, I'm not going to write him off because of that that the the mental stuff, the intangibles that he offers. Dane Brugler with us uh, here on the fan. A couple more minutes before we get you out of here. Uh, just your impression, your thought, boy, it, uh, on Anthony Richardson. It was so disappointing for us seeing him oh, yeah. so very little in college, and then the injury issues. Uh, you know, here this first year in the NFL. Felt from what you saw, what do you think? I mean, I, you have to be optimistic, right? With what with the little that we did see, um, I, it's he's such a unique talent. Um, you know, we at this time last year when we were talking about Anthony Richardson, it was like, oh, well, he's only had one year as a starter and under 400 uh, career pass attempts, and it's like we just don't know. And but if he went to the right spot with the right play caller, the right offensive ecosystem around him, it it could be fireworks. And I, I think that's what happened here with the Colts and. So really, wasn't sure how the offensive line was going to work, and it seemed like they started to gel, at least made a big jump Mm -hmm. from the previous year. That was a big part of it. So now it's about, okay, keeping them healthy, and what do we need to do this offseason to further that development? Is that adding another outside receiver? Is that, uh, you know, adding more depth on the offensive line? Whatever that ends up being – the quarterback, it feels like they have the quarterback. Now let's make sure we're maximizing what he can be. And the, I, the Colts are must-see TV. And you couldn't say that two years ago. Uh, but now, as a general football fan, the Colts are must-see TV to see what Anthony Richardson can do. Yeah, they were bad and boring a couple years ago. They, I don't <laughs> think, are either of those moving no. forward. Certainly not the boring part. And last year, they were not bad uh, by any means. Dane, can't thank you enough, man. No, you're no. super busy this week. Hope Indy treats you well. Hope the car stays safe <laughs> and uh, safe travels back to Ohio. It's the best of the best from today's broadcast lineup. Instant replay continues in a moment on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This is Instant Replay. Today on Quarry and Company. Joining us now, speaking of exciting, he is with the NFL Network. I'm sure he's thrilled to be back in. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Indianapolis, Charles Davis, who knows a little bit about the AFC South as well. So we will begin. Charles, thanks for joining us. I'm going to get right thanks to having me. Indianapolis topic of conversation yeah. and not just the city itself, but for you in looking at it and knowing the NFL limited sample size but in your gut do the Colts have the guy at quarterback that's going to be able to be their guy for a number of years in my gut yes because of your head coach because Shane Steichen I think is going to understand how to not just develop this young man but to play to this young man right and that's a big scheme towards him. I mean, thank you. Yeah. That, that, that's that's so huge. Like coaching, it seems so elementary, right? We always hear about, well, you got to coach to what your talent is, yeah. not what your scheme is. And it seems elementary. And how many times have we run into a guy go, no, that's my scheme. You know, if you guys can't fit it, I can't do it. That doesn't make any sense. I think because Shane Steichen understands that and gets it, and had the conviction with management with Chris Ballard to draft this young man, because let's yeah. be honest about it. If that's not going to work for you, you've got a chance to get out on that one. You don't have to take him at four. Do you they think did. it was they, they were they were they were all yeah. in to be able to say we can do this? When, when you look at it, do you think Charles Davis that a year ago 
that when they had Shane Steichen in place that they said this is a quarterback whose skill set matches the scheme or did they say we have a coach that can scheme based on skill set because he has that sort of offensive versatility of mind? Yeah, it, it can be both, but I definitely lean towards the latter. Okay. Because you may have to change that as you go along. My best example is Kansas City. Did you ever think we'd be watching Kansas City be a defense run first football team that would win a Super Bowl? Right. Andy Reid? What? <laughs> but they did it, and Andy got his ego out of the way. He said, Spags, your defense is actually carrying me. And Patrick Mahomes, I think, played the best quarterback of his career. And, yes, it sounds like hyperbole because his numbers are so incredible in other places. I'm talking about being a quarterback, understanding your team, understanding the situation, understanding what's going on, understanding my defense is not going to – my defense is taking care of me, so I'm not going to hurt them by playing hero ball and put them in bad spots. He threw his first interception seven playoff games in the Super Bowl, and that was just a bad throw. It was just him now evolving into that person. So now I go back with Shane Steichen and understanding who I believe Shane Steichen was having, knowing, having known him in Philadelphia. What do I have? What gives us the best chance to win? Did we draft or build a team around Anthony Richardson in a sense? Sure, right? Because you expect Jelani Woods as a tight end with that big catch radius. Michael Pittman, catch radius. Josh Downs is short, but he separates. That helps your catch radius. And let's be honest about it. Josh Allen has changed how we look at things. Before Josh Allen in Buffalo, if you had said you're going to draft a 57% thrower, what would you have said? You (laughs) would have said, guess what? By the end of his career, he's going to be a 58% thrower (laughs) because that's just what the NFL does. The windows are tighter. The coverage is better. The rush is faster. You don't get better doing it. I did his first playoff game. I say I. My crew did his first playoff game, third year in the league. He went from 57% to 60% He was at 70% for the playoff game. Unprecedented. At this level, the NFL, but because he did it, we all go, hmm. Opens the window for other guys, right? Anthony Richardson could be the next Josh Allen. And the other thing, Charles, that I I always felt Josh Allen did, if you look statistically at him at Wyoming, his, his throwing percentage, his completion percentage was higher before he had a mass graduation of receivers. Yep. And in his last year, he's throwing to newer faces. Yes. So I think that that gave Great people point. pause to say, you know what, we've got to look more at totality of work as opposed to a recency bias. Great point. Okay, let's use that Let's use that one then. Matt Ryan, coming out of Boston College, like 34 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. Ooh, that's a lot of interceptions. He didn't have a single receiver off of his last team at Boston College. He even went to camp. Yeah. To your point. So that's you got to look, and now so that's what the good scout, now Richardson the good did have a small bo- a small body of work, way, way way smaller body of work. But guess what? We're in a different era because you're going to get a smaller body of work now. Remember Coach Parcells' quarterback formula: twenty five yeah. starts. Oh yeah, team captain X number. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, sure. right? Mark Sanchez didn't fit that. He was like 16 starts at USC. He was on the front end of where we are now. Kids are not staying around as long, but then Brock Purdy did, and we didn't yeah. know it, but 48 starts meant something. You know who Brock Purdy is this year? It's Bo Nix. That's 60, 60 starts in college, 61 starts. It counts for something and multiple you know, play callers, systems, Auburn to Oregon, different styles of play. Sometimes you can take all that in and it can work. 
sometimes it can be too much. Who was that quarterback out of Auburn all those years ago that like eight straight years he had a different co- coordinator, a first-round pick, and it just never worked? I'm trying to remember his name. I can see him playing his day, and I can't call his name. Well, the first thing that comes smart. to mind when I think of Auburn was obviously – Kind of smaller flash and pan body working Cam Newton, right? That obviously but, but, but worked Cam, out, Cam, right? I mean, Cam, that, Cam was a big time recruit, got in trouble at Florida, went to JUCO, won a national yeah. championship at JUCO, and then had the one year at Auburn. You're right, small body work. But this was long before Cam. He, he was a first round pick, I think, with Washington. So just, anyway, we'll go back to it. I'm looking it up right you, now. You, you research for me, and I would appreciate it. <laughs> I but, will. but he went like eight straight years with a new coordinator, new scheme, new whatever. He never had a chance. That's too much. But on this collegiate level with Bo Nix going with all these different systems and all, it's probably going to do him well because he'll adapt quicker in the NFL. You just hope that he didn't have to do it continually on the NFL. Charles, the biggest thing, Charles Davis is our guest, the NFL Network. War number 17. The biggest thing with Anthony Richardson, at least, commentary on him last season was. Not Jason Campbell, right? Jason Campbell. That's him. Boom. Thank you, sir. The thought of Anthony Richardson was, is he injury prone? Is that society being the overreaction society that we are or is there real cause for concern there i don't have the cause for concern at this time but you've got to be prepared for it because if he's going to be that big a part of a run game i don't care how you're built you know you know what's hitting you this is a little bit different okay he's got to learn to protect himself better he's got to learn that sometimes getting out of bounds is cool you don't have to drop the shoulder and take the other hit to show you that you're robocop even though you look like it, he'll learn as he goes along. Look, what's one of the big things we're saying about Jaden Daniels, who's who's not built anywhere close to Anthony Richardson. He's much more slight, but he's such an aggressive runner. One of the things you read in every scouting report about him is, hey, he's got to make sure he takes care of himself because going to this next level, he ain't taking on those cats. All right, those cats, you know, it's like like Rocky's old manager. It's like, Mick, he'll knock you into tomorrow. And those windows you think are going to open up for you to get an extra couple yards in the NFL close a lot faster, right? A lot faster. I'm fortunate enough to be an SEC product. So, you know, we can be a little bit on the, you know, in football, right? (laughs) We can be like, oh, we've invented this thing, right? But it was true about the team speed. What was a five-yard gain in other conferences is a two-and-a-half-yard gain in the SEC right. because it closes quicker. Just so now you get to the NFL. They're faster in the SEC, so it closes even quicker. I also know this. The SEC, no matter who you're playing, you're playing in front of 98,000 fans that have been prepared <laughs> like since it. Wednesday, right? <laughs> either been prepared or consoling themselves from the previous <laughs> That's week. That's right. But either way, That's right. they're it coming is. ready to go. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Charles, appreciate it, and enjoy Indianapolis while you're here, right? We'll we look do. forward to talking to you over the course of the year. And, and, and watching thanks for your time. Do me one favor, Charles. Yes. We're good friends with Brandon Gordon. Uh, if they change the kickoff rule, could you guys stop heckling me when I take a kick out of the end zone, please, if they, if they end up changing it? That's all I ask. I will tell you. <laughs> this you're going to like the fact that you're getting new announcers oh really okay brandon and i will still be a part of it but they're going to have a like a three-tiered where you get to choose your own announcers i'll still be picking okay you. Don't worry well, about well we appreciate it jimmy only does to... the marquee game so he gets you every time <laughs> i appreciate it Wait, i will tell brandon absolutely and we'll continue to work on not heckling people thanks a lot guys appreciate thanks, it charles davis from the nfl network Thanks again for listening to Instant Replay because second helpings are always best when the main course is still fresh. Instant Replay on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.